This show is brought to you by my friends at Alliance and Trust. In wild times like these, you need more than financial product salespeople. You need a firm that looks at the entirety of your life and helps you with strategies that coordinate all disciplines of good stewardship so you can manage wisely what God has given you and thrive in these times of chaos and confusion. Have a team that acts as consultants in the business of you. Call 805-372-0821 to schedule your no-obligation discovery meeting. Like any university, we have all the majors and all the departments and all the curriculum and all these people who have enough expertise to teach into those uh, areas. But we we want to teach them wisdom. On the way down, I was asking Mitch about a, a course he teaches in leadership that one of the young guys I've been mentoring for years mm-hmm. is in. Oh, I'm going to want to talk about that. And that's what I that's what I'm like. Tell tell. Tell Bryce what you're telling me yeah. about. I'm like, okay, so you're going to talk about all everybody's theory of leadership, but that's not quite what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, we. I love it. Yeah, it's it's interesting to teach leadership to 18 to 22 year olds. Yeah, who don't have a lot of leadership, right? Uh, you know, uh, outlet at that at the time. So we, um, you know, we we the the construct of the class is that you know leadership is influence. Mm, yes, you, you can get a title, you can get authority, even, but. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to influence or even certainly positively influence people. So leadership is influence. Uh, Influence is trust and credibility. If you're going to influence somebody, they need to trust you and they need to believe that you know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our students are developing uh, the credibility. They're at university. They're learning. They're growing. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, but how, if, what is trust? What is the nature of trust? And trust for me, uh, and I tell this to the students, if you're going to be trustworthy, your character needs to be developed. So trust based on character and credibility. I can teach you a whole lot of things, but knowing things doesn't necessarily make you wise. So uh, for we break, we, we tear all this down in the first couple of weeks of class and I tell them, okay, what, why at 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, should, I, should you just memorize a whole bunch of leadership theories and con, and constructs? Hopefully in the future, one day you'll use them. Mm-hmm. I can't make you into a leader, but what I can do is I can show you how character and wisdom are developed. Yeah. And that produces you to be, uh, it produces in you the potential or the capacity, whatever the Lord, for our students, whatever the Lord might give them in terms of leadership scope, it could be, the scope could be your family. The scope could be a little larger into your church. It could be, you know, it, it, it gets bigger and bigger and you can go on and on all the way to, you know, whatever leader of the free world. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the character and the wisdom is what's going to make you the most, have, give you the most potential. Yeah. So. Yeah, I want to take that class. I'm like, no, yeah, that's turn the car around, let's go back to class. <laughs> because your primary textbook it is the Bible. Amen. So we have, we split the class, you know, at the university, we talk to our students a lot. We don't have a, we don't have a division between the sacred and the secular. So, um, you know, Colossians one tells us that all of creation is, has a purpose. It's all, there is nothing outside of the, uh, the first born of creation, Christ. So, you know, there is no, there's no such thing as business. And then we go to church and it's different. It's all it's all unified. What about politics? No, <laughs> we'll talk that's about that. That's a good question. It's <laughs> um, a difficult that's, one. That's a, no, that's a common we, theme. We should here. have brought Fraser to be with us. No, know? that's a that's so, a you know co- common theme on this show. But uh, yeah. but I was more interrupting for fun. Yeah, um, no. So we spend so we do spend two. You know, it's a two day two day a week class. We do spend time looking at what are some of the ways in which people have thought about formally about leadership. You know, do you approach leadership from a uh, what you might call a human resource standpoint? You know, building people, supporting people, helping people, you know, thrive and flourish. Do you look at leadership from a diplomatic standpoint? My job is to make sure that disparate groups get what they need and what they want, you know, and accomplish. So we do talk about that. But the other half of the class is they have to, they read Proverbs three to four times throughout the entire class. They read one a day, they keep a journal on it, and we just spend time going through and saying, okay, what does the word of God say about wisdom and character, how do we develop yeah. that? And that's what I—that's what we send them out, send them out to do. Because 
in the end, you know, if they feel like they have all these tips and tricks, the danger of all those leadership theories is that they, they very easily turn into manipulation. If I have, if I, if I know how people think and work, then I can manipulate them. So teaching them leadership theory in and of itself is actually more dangerous than building in them the wisdom and the character to use that appropriately. Well, and, and I, I think that, um, you know, yeah. So without, without leadership, um, you know, you, I mean, without having real character as a leader, what you end up going down, if let's say you're just an alpha male type of a, you know, intense personality, you, you use bullying techniques or you become a psychopath who's, you know, just using um, and abusing people through manipulate, you know, manipulative tactics and things like that, which is not leadership because eventually those people are going to, um, you know, stab you in the back or they're going to, uh, you know, murder you when you're not looking because you are... Europe. Or yeah, uh, but because that mm-hmm. well, well, I'm talking about the way people react to you know abusive bullies or oh, psychopaths yeah. or things like that. You know, eventually you're you're going to be brought down. Um, you know, the uh, leaders are hey, I'm going this direction, follow me, and they're and you're following them because they have influence yeah. because they built the relationships. Conquers the world by the age of 27. The entire Mediterranean, all the way yeah. to like India. And he becomes melancholic. There's nothing left to do. And my favorite line of his is, I do not fear an army of lions led by a sheep. I fear an army of sheep led by a lion. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that good? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to remember that one. Yeah, I, I think the, you know, the way you teach leadership and, and, um, is by, you know, getting people to, you know, master themselves as, you know, good as possible, which is, you know, you know, teach them discipline, you know, get them fit, you know, get them to, you know, master the different areas of their life, you know, you know, make their bed as, you know, Jordan Peterson says, you know, all of those sort of things start to build that character that you're talking about and start to build that, you know, hey, I can handle things, you know, I have the natural confidence because I've, pushed against the yeah. things you know i've i've pushed against resistance i've pushed against some master stress. the self yeah first one of the young proteges that we kind of share our mentoring with uh came to me as a freshman hey will you mentor me and i'm like sure it's like okay what should i do stop living on monster energy drinks go to the gym that was number one and then yeah. i'll watch you for a year and i'll see what you do yeah 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 i'll and give it I'll give people little assignments. You know, yeah. if you go and do that, then yeah. come back to me and I'll talk to you more. faithful with little things, you'll be faithful mm-hmm. with big things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, th- I think that's absolutely true. And then, you know, uh, a lot of people will get bestowed upon them, you know, titles because they you know, are talented enough to reach some sort of height to a middle-level management position mm-hmm. or whatever. And they think that that's leadership. No, that's management. And management is an entirely different thing. And... Um, I had to have that discussion with, uh, you know, someone recently who's a, you know, manager and, you know, they were, um, uh, you know, I'm part of a, you know, big, one of my business interests are part of a big, you know, multiple billion dollar uh, company. And, um, and I had to kind of set them straight a little bit in a nice way uh, because, the the team that I operate, you know, comes to me with things and does not go through the chain of command that they want. And then they'll they'll be told things and they'll go, oh, I'll go check with Bryce. And the a particular manager was like, well, he's not really technically your boss. And uh, and I had to sit them down and kind of look at this person from across the table. But no, I'm their leader. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you understand what that really means. And so let's work together a little bit better on these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course, management needs to happen. Right. Right. That, but you manage things and you lead people. Amen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. managers are really good at developing processes, but the process has to serve the people. Right. Right. And so, you know, if, you know, if, you, if, 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 if an organization was full of, leaders and had no managers, nothing would get done. Right. Right. So you do, it's not to say, and we're careful about that. We don't, managers are not 
bet evil and leaders are good. No, exactly. In, you know, in it's, any a, way. it's a it's an mm. important symbiotic thing. It is, but and, it, it kind of needs to recognize because oh, by the way, you can be a manager and be a leader. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can, you know, uh, and and that's what you you know we should all endeavor to do. I mean, it, you know, I, I'm, there's things that I'm absolutely awful at that you know. Um, one of which is details. I am not a detail-oriented guy, you know, and I will fail um, time and time again. And I have failed in my life when I've been put in positions where it's it's you got to get a bunch of details done all the time. And you humble yourself and you say, "I need to surround myself yeah. with people who are really yeah. good at the things that I am terrible at." Yeah, and that and that's they make kind you of look the, better than you are. That's the 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 thing that I finally learned in that process was like, okay, yeah, you know, I've, I'm fancying myself good at a bunch of things that I am not, and I gotta, you know. I got to get out of this stuff and I got to surround myself by people who are not just, you know, smarter and more capable, but also have those skills. Yep. Yeah. I think too, one of the things that can, that I tell my students can expand your potential for leading people is to make, get out of yourself. Yeah. If, if what you're looking for is a bunch of people to boss around, uh, you know, that's for you. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to build a business so you can make a lot of money, that's for you. None, that's not bad. Right. You know, I mean, we live in a material world and, and that's work produces yeah. income. Right. But leaders are people that get out of themselves and find out, okay, what needs to be accomplished so that mm. the, the flourishing and the development of others can be, can be uh, accomplished. And, once they get, once my, I try and get my students to see past that, that leader, leaders find uh, something outside of themselves that they can help and serve other people to accomplish. That's mm. for me, that's, I think that's one of the, one of the mm. biggest revelations that they have. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, bossing people around mm-hmm. or, you know, even gaining authority. You know, cattlemen have authority over their cattle. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's different than serving people, helping people, helping, uh, helping promote human flourishing. Yeah. And, and truly, I mean, it is the, uh, leaders that have that mentality of service that are the ones that have the most influence and, and win, you know, the ones that are, you know, taking care of people and doing what they need to, to, um, you know, to manage their flock or whatever it is, um, you know, without, Without any expectations, just, you know, essentially, you know, loving on people, you know, giving them what they need, helping them, you know, and then, and then you're, you uh, won't be surprised when you say, okay, here's where we're going and everybody will follow you. Yeah. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text Bryce to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Bryce to 989898 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold to protect your future. Text Bryce to 989898 today. I knew I knew a guy that in a lot of, you know, small groups and large groups and public speaking, just, oh man, I love leadership. I'm all into leadership. It's, it's what I study. I read every leadership book that comes out and this and that other thing. And then a student came to me and said, I wonder why he always says that. And I said, you're asking the wrong question. Student thought for a minute. And then the student said, no one follows him. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. The books can help. It doesn't make you what you're not. Yeah, well, I mean, looks and the books are, are great. I mean, uh, you know, John Maxwell's book, or yeah. you know, some of the old classics that I think There's are are like kind of those seminal works that you know. Yeah. And, and and by the way, there was a golden age of books like that that came mm-hmm. out all about the same time. You know, you mm-hmm. think of Stephen Covey's book, Seven yeah. Habits of Highly Effective and People. You know, and and, and mm-hmm. there's that that and 
people smarter than me have talked about it, but there are golden ages for all sorts of those kinds of things. I mean, you look at uh, classical music, you know, I mean, they're all written during these sort of narrow bands of time. And I think that was the time, the 80s and 90s, you had... Economy is booming. You had Tony Robbins. You had, uh, you know, Jim Rohn. All these people coming out and talking about these concepts. tapes, watch them on TV, cable... Yeah, yeah, and you right. had a lot of that just, I mean, you know, really, uh, you know, important knowledge that you can absorb about mm-hmm. things and about how to look at, you know, some of those concepts. I mean, just absolutely beautiful. And I, and I recommend people go back to that stuff, you know, even as young men today. And, and it's, you know, I'll, I'll recommend some of those classic right. books because they, they give it to you. The things that you're reading today on those subjects are just regurgitation of those yeah, concepts. They're derivative. Yeah. And so, um, but, but uh, where I was blessed and, you know, a very quick personal story is so, you know, my dad at the time <clears throat> was going through a, you know, really rough period uh, in his life. And he accidentally exposed me to all that stuff as a 12 and 13 year old boy, mm. because he would, you know, listen to these tapes, you know, trying to figure out the place that he was at in his life at that time. And, you know, going through a you know rough time with my mother and, you know, all that stuff, which, you know, is all. Um, you know, public, and I know he doesn't mind me uh, talking about because they'd been divorced, ended up getting back together and, you know, uh, remarried, you know, years later. And, you know, that was wonderful. But he was struggling and listening to this stuff. Well, you know, 11, 12, 13 year old, 14 year old Bryce was hearing it, you know, at the same time, mm-hmm. which was such a blessing. I mean, it was mm-hmm. truly an accidental mm-hmm. thing because he wasn't intentionally going, oh, I'm going to, you know, play this stuff. You know, for my boy, he was just, all right, I got to do this. And so those things were on the shelves. And I started picking that up. Mm-hmm. I started getting and listening to Tony Robbins or, you know, some of these things. And it was, you know, truly just a wonderful blessing. Now I get you, Bryce. All you guys know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, Tony Robbins. It is, you know, he was. Yeah, yeah. No, so it was a, you know, great, great blessing. Um, but now, you know, I've, I've adopted a little bit of that over mm-hmm. the years. I would. Mm-hmm play whatever I wanted to be listening to on my drive with my girls, you know, taking Mm -hmm. them places and things like that. I'd, you know, take them to school, whatever. We have a little tradition. We'd stop by, get a ginger cookie at, you know, Pete's. And this is before we homeschooled, but I'd be listening to those things. And Mm -hmm. so much of it, you know, they were absorbing, even though they were, you know, unaware. Mm -hmm. Uh, One quick funny story that I've, uh, I think I've told before, but I was listening to, and this is, you know, the, um, a few years ago now, but they were still pretty young. I was listening to uh, Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, which I've had him on the show. It's the best book on negotiating ever. And uh, uh, they were listening to it with me. And, you know, it's a great audio book. Mm. And so I and I would always read the book and I'd always listen to the audio on things that I wanted to truly absorb. And we pulled into the driveway when they're talking about a hostage situation. He's talking about these principles. And my girl's like, dad, can we just stop for a minute and just keep <laughs> listening to this? That's good. <laughs> so we sat in the good. driveway and listened to the rest That's of the chapter. Good. But, yeah. you know, the, um, you don't have to amuse your kids. And I think that parents so much are in this, um, you know, mode where they will amuse their kids. Talk to right. your children. Or mm-hmm. if you're going to do th- listen to things that are, you know, um, uh, stuff that maybe it's a little bit over their head, but they will absorb so much more than you think. Yeah, yeah. When you put a bar high, a lot of people will naturally say, "All right, let's let's try and jump over that bar." Yeah. That's good. My, you know, daughter used to I used to drive her to school when she was little, and she was like, "Are you going to put the talkers on?" Yeah, I was always listening to conservative talk radio of yeah. all kinds, flipping back and forth. Yes. And we you know why are they they getting so excited and so upset? And now she is so solidly based conservative. She sees right through everything instantly. And we still talk about how she said, are you going to listen to the talkers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wanted to listen to whatever was the, the new music. Yeah, we are, we are going to the uh, Prager U Gala in Florida, and I'm taking the whole family with mm-hmm. me because um, Matt Walsh is the keynote speaker for mm-hmm. the event, and my girls do not miss a single one oh, of his great. shows. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's so all three of them. And so I'm so grateful, um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that they've kind of gone down that track and it's mm-hmm. similar to you. It was just, yeah. Hey, this is the things that I'm interested in and I'm listening to. <laughs> and, you know, they've absorbed it now they could reject it. You know, you, you have, uh, you know, all kinds of kids out there, but I think if we're more mm-hmm. intentional about, you mm-hmm. know, what we're, what we're putting into our households and what we're doing. And again, you know, do mm-hmm. not amuse your kids. That is not your job as a parent. Yeah. And imagine the reality if the left got what it wanted which would be to remove all ability to access any kind of material like that 
Yeah. They do not want a conversation. This whole, oh, it's the enlightenment. Everyone gets a seat at the table with, no, 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 no. uh uh-uh, no. They have the one microphone. There is no discussion. It is a lecture. You take your notes and you fill out your test. Yeah. That's what, that's what the left has always insisted on. So whenever I'll get an occasional student, you know, I can understand some things about Marxism, socialism, Gramsci, whatever. I'm like, understand this all always ends with Pol Pot. It always ends with Stalin yep. wiping out his cabinet. It always mm-hmm. ends in gas chambers and bullets in the backs of heads. Always, because there will always be a few people that say no. Yeah. Well, again, you know, those kids in their, you know, idyllic nature of being young, right? You, the There are romantic notions that mm-hmm. they get caught up in with things like Marxism and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and usually it's the real surfacey things like, sure. yeah, we should share. Why shouldn't we share all mm-hmm. of us, one another, mm-hmm. you know, which, yeah, let's share. Yeah. That's a biblical concept. It's also a voluntary biblical concept. That's it is right. not something that, you well, know, we're going to force the neighbor show, to. I gave you the little intellectual history of how Marxism is actually an outgrowth of 19th, 18th and 19th century German romanticism. Yeah. That's where it comes from. It's very emotionally immature. It's a utopianist view of the world. Yeah. And it and it makes you feel good about yourself is what yeah. it does. No, it's uh yeah, it's they they are largely childish notions. But again, most of the left wing arguments are because they're based in emotion and they fit on bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. And that's about the depth of them, you know. Save the planet. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Let's save the planet. You we know, wouldn't want to do that. We live here. Right. Well, what does that mean? Okay, let's make third world countries be uh, absolutely suppressed and, you know, not able to feed themselves mm-hmm. because of our romantic notions of what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my favorite thing about the, the approach you have to uh, the leadership course and just leadership in general, leading our, leading our faculty, is that it's grounded in Proverbs, which is just, it's just those hundreds and hundreds of nuggets of practical wisdom. Can a man take fire to his bosom and not be burned, right? Where, the, uh, where there's no wood, the fire goes out, right? So don't, don't uh, uh, you know, enable yourself to get burned by bringing bad things close to you, destructive things close to you. And, you know, don't gossip and slander. You can't, you know, if, if people are gossiping, you know, don't add any wood to the fire, just walk away. And all those kinds of things that make so many toxic workplaces and unhappy families... And they're just these real simple principles in Scripture. Yeah. And that's that's what creates that consistency, character, integrity, even on, on top of the, here's what Maxwell says about how to run something. Yeah, so let's, I mean, let's talk a little bit more about the curriculum and, and kind of how you have it laid out. Um, so just, just articulate what, you know, what that looks like if I'm a student. Yeah, I mean... Well, like I said, I have to first of all set the set the 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 the, the notion here that I can't hand you uh, I can't hand you a leadership uh, you know a box, and if you take this box, then you, that makes you a leader, right? If leader if leadership is character and wisdom, you have to work hard and develop that, you know those those kind of things, uh, and you have to earn uh, you know if if you're looking for um, the highest notion is to get the title. Right, you, then you're not really earning, you know, your leadership. You're just you're looking around, and so you can think of it this way too. We talk about leadership is being something; it's not doing something. So one of the dangers I think with with Maxwell, as much as I you know enjoy reading Maxwell and Warren Bennis and some of these kind of things, is these people is you know they if you if the if the tips and trick become the thing, mm-hmm. then you're you're just acting, right? You know, so you can act like a leader. And it'll work for a while, mm. but that doesn't mean that you are being a leader. It's technique. Right. Yeah. It's technique. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's great. I uh, agree 100%. Um, uh, I do think there's a notion of, you know, while you are going down that path, there is a little bit of acting as if. There is. That develops people, um, you know, into leaders over time. And I think that it's valuable to... Yeah, you know, work on yourself, adopt those techniques, adopt those things, learn about those things also so you can recognize them, go down that path. But you will be found out as a fraud if that's all you're doing. Yeah, or, you know, know, we talk about this. One of the earlier, one of our early discussions in classes, you know, is was Hitler a good leader? And so then we have to break this all down. And, 
you know, I, I, I set him up and I start with this whole, I describe a general person like Hitler. I won't take the time to do it now, but talk about, you know, um, the accomplishments of getting things done. Mm-hmm. And if, if, a, if leadership is measured by effectiveness only in terms of getting things done, you end up with people drawing to themselves uh, processes and accomplishments that serve themselves. Which, if you're, if if you are not, if you are a fallen person, if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, then that's what you do: is you serve yourself. Mm-hmm. And so you end up with Hitler. Hitler was effective. I mean, he he straightened yeah. out public transportation, and he, you know, he uh, straightened out, you know, the police force, and the, you know, the crime goes down, and you know, the national the, the national pride goes up, and people, you know, proud of their country, and this kind of thing. Uh, of course the ends were evil. Right. right? So yeah. we can't measure leader we can't measure leadership based on effectiveness only. For the Alliance Interest family finances in their blood. I grew up with them and they've handled my entire financial world for nearly 30 years. And as a testament to their talents, they've managed to keep me not just out of trouble, which in and of itself is remarkable, but they've helped me build real wealth. They've assisted me through complex business transactions and family matters. Now, even my daughters are working with Uncle Randy to put financial disciplines in place for their futures. Invest with people who share our values and will help you to be a good steward with what God has given you. Let Alliance in Trust help you to plan for what's next. Visit aewealth.com or call 805-371-8020 to learn more. And for Antifa, we don't like Hitler. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hitler was Let's evil. Let's be clear. Because they will, cli- they will yeah. clip. They they'll will clip, clip it, you out. Clip it anyways. I know they will, they will clip you out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, right. they clipped me with uh, uh, with uh, one of my uh, awesome black brothers on the show, and we were laughing about things, and they know, clipped man. me out. I'm sure they. Uh, we, they it was a big camera uh, angle, so he was in the picture. They clipped him out of the picture, and they called me a white supremacist. Well, obviously, <laughs> it's so know. funny. Yeah, but I mean, but of, uh, what that does is it says. If if effectiveness if if getting if accomplishing something is the highest end and so our president says it this way about our university mm-hmm. which is actually really insightful if if survival is your uh, highest end or accomplishing a thing is your highest end you'll do anything to get there right you'll do anything to accomplish it including uh, m- you know make sinful decisions right yeah and um, or 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 compromise. Uh, you know, to get there. And, uh, and, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, this is, this is what we're, this is what I'm trying to instill in my students. I, listen, I have one class, I have 15 weeks, you know, with them. So 30 sessions with them. I mean, I, this is, this is why the beauty of the institution is we're united around this concept uh, that, you know, every faculty member, and, and it's illustrated at lunch. When I walk into the, you know, I see, I, I see human, I see a, you know, a literature professor, Political studies professor, Bible professor, uh, you know, science professor. I mean, it's almost all the departments are typically represented at the you know the faculty table, which is not actually marked yeah, out. But I it ends learn every yeah. time I have lunch or coffee with them. Yeah, every single time. And they they genuinely love each other because they're united oh, yeah. around something that is uh, you know that they're united around the truth of the Word of God. Yeah, not around. Let me make a name for myself. Let me try and argue the loudest you know, this kind of thing. So this is the beauty of what we're trying to do with our students. I don't have to teach them leadership in 30 sessions minus a few, right? Call right. it maybe 28. I don't have to, I, that. I can set them on a track. I can, you know, I can try and feather the dials with them a little bit in that class. But conversely, I can't pretend that 29 sessions with a bunch of students is going to actually turn them into leaders. Right. You know, no, because leadership is a journey too, you know, and I think, you know, everybody has their, let's say their core, maybe leadership abilities, you know, and some people have very little, some people have very, you know, much natural leadership ability, you know, it's in their character already, or they have, you know, some of those tendencies or whatever you're setting them on that journey, you know, the, the, the idea is to, you know, fire them off in the right direction and then let them, you know, reach those levels of growth over time. Yeah. Well, here's the danger. If leadership is influence, 
everybody influences someone. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're not intentionally seeking to become a leader, an influencer, not in the TikTok, Instagram world, but <laughs> to influence other, if you're not seeking to grow and be aware of the ways in which you influence people, develop the kind of character that will help them point them in the right directions mm -hmm. and, and be wise in the sense of not just knowledgeable, but, but wise, knowing the, the right time and the right way to apply that knowledge then you're that there's actually a danger. It's not neutral. Hey, I didn't study leadership, so I'm off the hook. You're actually going to mm. cause people harm because you're leading them mm. in the wrong direction. Mm, that's good. Uh, and so that's, you know, it, people of people tend to think of the leader, the, the higher the title, the more, the larger the scope. That just means you influence more people. Right. You know, even if you, you know, even if you lived on an island with one other person, you influence them. You know, and you, you know, you are in a sense morally culpable for the way in which you influence them. All right. So, yeah, that's what C.S. Lewis says uh, near the end of his marvelous sermon slash essay, The Weight of Glory. Every day you are helping people towards one thing or another. Either they, in the end, will become a being that is so beautiful and perfect and holy that if you saw them now, you would be tempted to worship them. They become glorified as humans in heaven, or they will end up in a state where they are so horrific and, and, and deformed and just denuded of everything in the divine image that is built into them, that if you saw them now, it would be like a nightmare you couldn't imagine. They basically become like a demon. They become an utterly lost, reprobate, fallen human. And he said, every interaction with every human, whether it's live or with something you leave behind in writing, every single interaction with another human being you are helping them towards one of those two paths. Mm. Every, and I teach, I've been teaching that to my students for years. I'm like, remember that every time you're with someone you love, every time you're with someone that annoys you, every time you're with a stranger, you're easing them down one path or the other. And that's why he calls it the weight of glory. It's like the ultimate potential glory of a glorified human being is what should guide every single interaction that you have with them. And it's an incredible, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And, 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 you know, being, being a leader doesn't mean giving people everything that they want. No, you know, very true. So we talk in Proverbs a lot with my young students. You know, a wise person, one of the things that characterizes a wise person is that they, not only can they, do they accept reproof, mm -hmm. which is difficult in and of itself, they actually welcome it. The wise person seeks out reproof. Tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. And... I think this is, you know, this is in contrast to a world that says, affirm me, tell me I'm good, don't tell me I'm wrong. Um, but, you know, but the, the, then, 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 the, then the leader, all, not only are they seeking it out for themselves to be reproved and corrected, but then they are gently doing that to others. You know, and I think this is maybe where, uh, you know, leadership can go wrong because you say, okay, I got it. Now I'm going to just correct a bunch of people. And, you know, then they, then they become, then it becomes harsh and overbearing, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's this idea that there's strength in, uh, you know, I think earlier you used to call it kindness, you know, being, you know, being kind to somebody sometimes might be telling them, you know, don't do that, mm -hmm. you know, don't mm -hmm. go there. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so we, so that, that's, that's a little bit of the curriculum. I mean, that was, I think, maybe your question yeah, a couple no, minutes that, ago. That was, was, you know, the, where are we going with that? That was great. Well, all of that applies to parenting that you just said. And um, one of the big mistakes, you know, we, we started to touch on the fact that I, I think that, you know, this generation of parents uh, and the previous generations of a couple of generations of parents have really failed kids. And that was one of the things is they gave their children everything that they wanted and uh, and that has been probably the single worst thing that we've seen in terms of just sheer destruction on you know the current generations we're looking at yeah that proverb he shut thy son he shall not die for thy use of the rod in other words mm -hmm. sometimes you need to say yes sometimes no sometimes you need to say bend over son i'm gonna have to let you have a little whack here he's not gonna die he'll cry but he's not gonna die I can't even believe that you are espousing violence against children. Against children, how dare that's you? That's right. I'm a horrible. You'll man. get clipped too. Yeah, yeah, that's man. definitely coming. <laughs> I, you know, that's, I would spanking. consider that an honor. In fact, they advocate yeah. spanking. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my goal is a as a, a very imperfect husband and father. My goal was that at the end of my life, my children would in no way be ashamed of me as their dad. I would yeah. like if they're proud of me, if they loved me, if they liked me, if they look up to me. You know, we're adult. You know, the kind of adult friendship you get with your kids when they're now independent yeah. adults. That's that's lovely. Which I'm starting to just enjoy it's, so it's much. It's so much fun. Um, yeah. But I don't want my parent. I wouldn't want my kids. You know, if 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 they met someone, wait, oh, was that guy your dad? And them to go, yeah. And there have been plenty of instances where I probably gave them reason for that, but I would hope those would be outweighed by things like, yeah. oh no, that's my dad. Yeah, I hope they forget those things. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, forgive, Please feel free to forget those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, um, yeah, it's it, it's great. Um, you know, kids, uh, especially, you know, when they're coming up, you know, if we're going to be, you know, translating, um, you know, leadership into what it looks like, uh, with, with parenting, um, you know, as they're coming up, you know, kids so badly crave discipline. And by that, I don't just mean physical discipline, but, you know, giving them the parameters of which they can operate in, you know, gives them security, gives them security. And deep down inside, they know that means that they are loved because discipline takes so much work. It's not just you know, correcting or giving a little spanking here and there as it's needed. It's just constant attendance. It's exhausting. Yeah. No, it's a, it's engagement. It's involvement. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you're paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that you are giving them yeah. the, you know, positive attention, which includes the yeah. negative attention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it takes practice. Like I, I have no doubt that I screwed up more things with yeah. my first child than, okay, and the second one, I'm okay, all right, now I know a few things. Third one, I'm like, I'm not quite perfect, but I'm almost there. You know, of course you're going to get better at something you have practice at. Valentine's Day is over, but the need to say I love you is never over. Finding a way to tell someone you care about them on a consistent basis is hard. At least it was until Good Ranchers came along. Say I love you with meat this year, but not just any meat. It has to be Good Ranchers, 100% American, hand-trimmed, steakhouse-quality meat and seafood. Over 85% of grass-fed beef sold in stores is imported from overseas. That doesn't say I love you. That says I think you're as good as this old meat shipped over from Venezuela. Don't say that. Instead, use my code BRYCE to get $30 off when you order any box from Good Ranchers today. Nothing says you care more than prime cuts of beef, pasture-raised chicken, and premium quality seafood. You can get all of it delivered every four, six, or eight weeks at GoodRanchers.com. Ditch the usual gifts that just don't cut it anymore. Say it with a subscription to American Meat instead. Snag your $30 off with my code BRYCE at GoodRanchers.com today. With a 100% satisfaction guarantee, you can count on your monthly delivery of meat to always deliver the quality a great gift needs. Forget regular flour deliveries. Set up an easy, affordable, and delicious subscription to American Meat Delivered today. And save $30 with my code BRYCE. Say you're the best with the best meat in America from Good Ranchers. Yeah, of course. Um, well, and you know, and kids, kids are different. And in fact, yeah. I, um, I'll, um, I'll, I'll say this because I think this is important. I was asked one time by a buddy who didn't have kids, right? So he didn't have a frame of reference. He said, "Hey, which one's your favorite?" And and I seriously thought about that because I didn't know, you know, how to initially respond to that because it's like, wait a second, I don't have a favorite, but actually, I do. My favorite kid is whomever I am looking in their eyes with at that very moment, because all I can think about is how wonderful they are, how amazing their personality is. Uh, I, you know, it's like I am just so enraptured and in love with who God created them to be, all that sort of stuff. And and so in that moment, that one right there is my favorite. You know, and I started after very shortly thereafter, I started telling my girls, each one within the hearing of the others, hey, you know, you're my favorite, but don't tell the others so that they all heard me say that to each one of them yeah. all the time, you know, as kind of a fun ongoing you contrast joke. that joy you can see in Bryce's face talking about his girls who I've met and they're completely charming. I wish I had more sons. 
You contrast that with something else we were talking about earlier, which is uh, the video going around. Was her name Chelsea Handler? She's supposedly mm-hmm. a comedian. I didn't. Oh, I'd yeah. never heard of her. She makes a little video of why I'm such a happy. She chose not to marry and have kids. And it gives you the freedom to get up and go to Paris and buy a croissant and all these other things that yeah, are supposedly yeah. wonderful. And I talked to my daughter about that last night. And she's got her first child. She's an eight-month-old girl. And we were talking about that. And, and I told her, I said, the cultural and political left in this country, the backbone are actually women who bought the lies of feminism decided, I don't want to be bothered with children. Right. I want my freedom. Mm. And therefore cannot suppress the natural maternal instinct. And they want to turn all the rest of us into children that they have to manage and tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why you cannot stop their rhetoric of i'm going to tell you what to do which is what the left wants to do to everybody else including other leftists oh yeah they want to manage you well uh i I saw that video and uh i saw her response to the conservatives Mm -hmm. that you know kind of chopped her up a little bit and um two observations number one you know i've seen her around for years she is distinctly unfunny and i have a keen sense of humor um she's terrible she just really isn't and there are funny female comedians and there's funny female comedians on the left that'll Mm -hmm. make me laugh and there's Mm -hmm. you know certainly plenty of left-wing comedians that you know i I can laugh at generally though they're cutting fewer and fewer and fewer because the left does not allow for actual comedy and because george carlin could make a living right now oh no way well no well no no well i take that back yes now he could because comedy is coming back and comedians like him like you know bill Bill burr is a great example you know uh, who who are ripping into uh you know a lot of these sacred cows i mean you know one of the most funny and astute um uh little comedy clips i've seen was bill burr talking about abortion and it's for those brilliant. of you, if you can find it, it is absolutely brilliant. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's really not funny without the F-bombs and all of that. So I certainly yeah. can't uh, repeat any of it. Um, but he excoriates the abortion debate while simultaneously saying that he supports choice. Um, and, and I think it's worth, it's rhetorically brilliant. It is, it is, it is is a brilliant bit of comedy and I think it's worth uh, looking at everything on the cultural left and and the woke left is a target rich environment for comedy, which builds itself around irony. One form of irony is satire. So they're very, 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 very good. That's why Carlin as a God hating atheist kind of liberal left guy, um, right from the beginning of his career in the late 50s, early 60s, was brilliant. And as the country moved more to the left, he kind of, in a lot of ways, depoliticized his humor. It was never super political, but he knew exactly how to go for those things that would make anybody Oh, yeah, laugh. his, his uh, bit on the illusion of choice. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and again, that's one that people can probably find if they mm-hmm. search for it. Yeah, you have to look. Um, but but I, I think that, yeah, he would not do well in front of any modern left-wing audience now, but no, but com- no comedians do. They've him got him and Burr is that yeah. they don't care. They're that's at a place it. now where they don't have to build a career in the cheap mm-hmm. comedy clubs. They're making good money, and they're, yeah. and they're, so they're so they're in a kind of a position of rhetorical power so they can... Yeah, well, well, those that. those comedians now that are genuinely funny and risky and all of that uh, now are selling out yeah, their shows. People like to laugh. People are running uh, to their shows yeah. to see them, and they uh, they're talking because I've heard you know many of them uh, interviewed recently that that like comedy is back, whereas it was dead for a little while, and they were being you know so blasted and yeah. they were being attacked by the left I grew up in the and golden all of that. Age of Saturday Night Live. And in the late 70s when it right. was really funny and they would jab both political sides and there was talent. And oh, yeah. I can't bear the kinds, other than the Californians. Yeah. Those are hilarious. But the rest of them, I can't. And I don't, I don't watch those shows anyways. I just don't really care for it. But I have an entire course, I haven't taught it in many years, on comedy and a kind of a theological theory oh, awesome. of comedy and how it works. And we talk about how uh, political comedy is particularly difficult because you're going to alienate half your audience which is exactly what you really want to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? People forget that, you know, I mean, God gave us humor. 
And I think that, uh, you know, we sometimes uh, maybe don't think about that concept, but, but I mean, that, that is a joyous sure. thing that God gave us. Um, and uh, that's why I think the left really hates it. If, well, they have no sense of irony. If, because if you, irony is a result of the fall, because yeah. they believe in a utopian protect, perfectibility of man, and man is basically good. Comedy isn't something you want to do because it hurts people. Yeah. But it's designed to sting a little bit to teach you a lesson. Yeah, well, their height of comedy are, th- are people like, you know, uh, um, Noah, oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name, um, uh, Trevor Noah. Uh, mm-hmm. Trevor Noah, who's distinctly, um, you know, poor at it. Um, mm-hmm. He, he, you know, the height of the comedy that they are espousing is really, you know, just mockery of Donald Trump or, you know, whoever their political targets. And it's not funny mockery. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, because right. boy, there's so many things that you could mock Donald Trump and get a great laugh, oh, but he's they a just, target rich environment. Of course he is. But they just don't, they just don't have it in them. And the prime example of that is if you make subtle jokes in response to them on Twitter or things like that, a normal human being, yeah. even a political opponent yeah. of yours who hates your guts could could kind of chuckle. <clears throat> they don't get it. Mm-mm. Like not, not only do they not laugh, they don't understand that you're being funny, sarcastic, facetious, you know, or any of those sort of things that a normal person would grasp. I mean, it is absent. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the kind of atheistic materialistic left, cultural and political left is essentially a denial of observable reality. This is why the trans thing took, even though it's completely insane, this is why it took off because it's a wonderfully explicit way to deny absolute reality and because they don't like reality they're unable to have a sense of humor about it right yeah yeah or anything else imagine hanging around with your friends and not joking yeah i want to i was i've been thinking about uh something we were just talking about earlier uh and that is um you know the this idea of of boundaries Mm -hmm. you know just kind of going back to uh you know, I don't mean to turn the conversation too much, but no, just no, keep go. thinking about this. We can go in yeah. any direction you all want. Right. And you're really the honored guest. You know, he and I are always talking and then I hijacked all this stuff this uh-huh. whole time. So, you know, the, um, the, this idea that true freedom is complete un- unrestraint, you know, it, I mean, this is, this is, this, this is it's shockingly, it's all in the Bible, right? Uh, there's this idea that you know that the ungodly will throw off restraint, but there's there's freedom in restraint and mm-hmm. in boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. So going back to our kids and this kind of thing, um, and you know I tell the, I tell the freshmen coming in every year I tell them about a study. I try not to bore them with all the details and everything, and you can look it up and find the authors and everything. But um, the, this idea they they took a school, a new school with uh, uh, elementary school, and they put no fences around it, and they'd let the kids out every day for uh, for a recess and observe them. And then after a period of time overnight, over the weekend, they built fences, didn't say anything and let the kids go. And what they observed is that when there was no fences, the kids would clump mm. for safety. They didn't know. They didn't know where the ends were. No they didn't boundaries. know where the dangers yeah. was. No boundaries. And of course you have right. a couple of kids wandering. I mean, you always have the outlier and the, you know, wanderers. When the fences were built, there was freedom. Mm-hmm. They knew where the boundaries were. They knew yeah. where they could go. And this this idea that total freedom is the lack of restraint is I mean it's it's unbiblical it's ungodly but it's just not it's just not logical right it's just not how people operate yeah and then you know and so then this idea that we're trying to teach our students you have to there are there are there are restraints but you have to put restraints on yourself as well you know so going back to this idea that we give our kids everything they want or you know mm-hmm. these kind of things it's like Restraint for the sake of restraint is actually a, it's a good discipline. Yeah. You know? Well, one of the mottos of Jocko Willink's show, and he puts it on a t-shirt, uh, is that very concept, which is, you know, biblical. <clears throat> he didn't invent it, but he, you know, expressed it and market it, markets it really well, which is discipline equals freedom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Any it's, talented, it's thoughtful really great. artist will tell you the painter's freedom comes from the frame. Mm. That's great. If you just said, "All right, here's your here's your palette with all your paints and all your brushes and all your oils and whatever. Now paint everything, paint the world." They're paralyzed instantly. Yeah. The minute you have the frame, 
and it's okay, it's canvas, it's wood, it's panel, whatever. Yeah, it, it always comes from the frame. That's yeah. why the left wants to destroy families, because families are frames. And even the ancient pagan Romans knew that the mm -hmm. basis of their culture, not their politics, their culture, was the family. So yeah. pater familias at the top is leading the family, even though the wife ran the household and usually the businesses. The man was the pater familias. Yeah, yeah, which, uh, again, they want to tell you that those societies were massively oppressive, you know, because yeah. of that. And while there were mm -hmm. oppressive things that, you know, went on, uh, no, the, you know, the family architecture, you know, does give that, um, you know, freedom and mm -hmm. does give that, you know, uh, you know, sense of strength and boundaries and all that stuff that, uh, that right. the, you know, the left is is seeking to destroy and they're seeking mm -hmm. to destroy it really because they want to destroy us and they want mm -hmm. to, you know, remake everything in their own image. Yeah, it's evil beyond belief. I mean, the most horrific news story I have read in perhaps 20 years were the two gay men down south that adopted the two boys. Oh, horrific. And proceeded to not only sexually abuse them mm. continually in rooms that were hidden from view, there were no windows, but they were basically offering them to other homosexual yeah, yeah. men. Yep, yep. And, you know, my, you know, my word these days, my favorite word these days is just guillotines. yeah. That, I mean, yeah. you, you just need to be removed. That's uh, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, no, actions like that deserve death. But if death. one of those leaks out, you have to wonder how much is going on behind walls. A lot. That's right. A lot. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're having, um, uh, there's going to be a drive here shortly on this show and a bunch of the Salem Network shows uh, for sexual exploitation to, you know, raise money for an organization that's really battling that. And, you know, as, you know, we're seeing with the Epstein stuff and, you know, and those files are now, you know, starting to, to be mm -hmm. released more, you know, they tried to keep the lid on a lot of that, um, you know, as we've had our secular culture take over from our Christian culture, you know, more and more of that stuff, you know, yeah. uh, proliferated. And uh, the um, sickness that, you know, like we've seen in our security business and, you know, uh, all of those things that are going on out there, the stuff that comes to our attention that people just don't know about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I hope it all gets exposed, but it is unbelievable what's happening in kind of the dark recesses. Mm -hmm. And, you know, things like that always exist, right? Sure. But it's being empowered and it's being, um, mm -hmm. I, I think, the you know, the darkness and the cancer across our land. Um, and I think there's all mm -hmm. kinds of reasons. And, you know, I, I pray that we repent as a nation and can yeah. restore order from chaos. And, you know, we can only do it yeah. by real true revival. That's right. Yeah. Well, guys, we went for like two full episodes there. Anything, <laughs> sure. um, any wisdom that uh, you guys want to leave, leave us with? Uh, you know, Mitch, anything that you want to? weigh in on that um, oh, we'll keep the audience coming back for more from you. I think that, you know, if, if people are listening to the show, I think one of the things that they like about um, conservative uh, radio, if you will, it's not radio anymore, but, you know, is they look up to, they aspire to people that have convictions. Mm -hmm. They know what they believe and they're not, um, they're not tempted by the, you know, we call it cancel culture. I don't even know if they're doing that anymore. But, oh, yeah. They, um, you know, but, you know, it's like this, you know, this fear of like, you know, I don't want to get canceled. And they people look up to, they like the idea that there is, there are people out there who don't care about that, you know. And I, you know, I just think that, you know, from my world, taking, you know, 18 to 22 year olds, basically, uh, at the university. And, you know, we have a whole online uh, school of online learning. And our goal is to educate everybody else, right. you know, that, um, that, uh, that didn't get a chance to go to school there, but, you know, just to, 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 to take this idea that, you know, as you educate, it's not this idea that I want to affirm everything, you know, it's, it's the education gives you the ability to discriminate against good and bad things, you know? And so, you know, my encouragement to people would be that as you don't shy away from convictions, don't shy away from, you know, knowing what you believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, as we talked about earlier, you know, it's, it's, it's not that you're unkind with those beliefs, uh, but that you are not moved by this, you know, court of public opinion. 
my yeah. goal is to get everyone to like me. Uh, you know, and I think that that's going to become far more important, you know, as our culture goes on because they use that. I'm going to withhold I'm going to withhold not only affirmation from you, but now I'm going to with, start withholding things. And we saw this. I mean, we're here at the end of your show, so I, don't, I hesitate to even bring this up. We but can go as long as This we is want. what happened with, with the whole COVID situation. Yeah. And again, I, you know, mm -hmm. people on all sides have all kinds of opinions. And, you know, you know there's the issue is it, we saw it very quickly. Don't, if you don't do what we say, we're going to withhold something from you. Yep. And, and if people don't, it was a, for me, it exposed, I don't know if it was any kind of, I wouldn't say that it was like a design test, but it was a test of people's convictions. It was a test of, will you, you know, will you stand behind what you believe? Will you bend to, because something will be withheld from you? Uh, and, you know, this is, I mean, just from a conservative sort of political, cultural kind of uh, way, people need to, they need to get in the habit of knowing what they believe and being ready to stand behind those things. But then you got to, got to be pretty sure what it is you believe in. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, that's. Yeah, I, I'd say it like this, know what you believe, but know why you believe it. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people that, and the left is famous for this, you know, they just believe these things, but they can't articulate why, and they can't right. actually argue it, and they don't know. Yeah. Well, we need to teach as parents, we better teach our kids why we believe what we believe, and so we better know it, right? Because otherwise they're going to go to another university, and somebody's going to yeah. fill their head with nonsense and tell them that what you believe is stupid, and they won't be able to defend it. But they never tell them anything to believe in. <clears throat> You know, it's all like deconstruct and tear down and break it all apart. But they never tell, you know, and, you know, this is the, I mean, this is the danger. Uh, you know, I, again, good people, uh, you know, well-intentioned people, uh, even normal people go to regular, they survive these universities. You know, yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of people do this. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, they're all, you know, going in this direction, but, you know, um, it, it, you have to be really careful about the idea of, oh, I want to go to the X school or Y school because it's, you know, it's, it's going to get my kid, I have to send them there because then they get the best prestige or they can get the best job as if that's the, you know, the main goal. Well, as you know, a lot of parents do a lot of this stuff for themselves and it's their own, you know, virtue that they're signaling and, and, you know, you got to get off that. And you, and I think we, you know, our, our, one of our sole single jobs as parents is to help our kids identify their strengths and identify, um, the, and help them down the paths that they should go, you know, train them up in the way they should go, not the way you want them to go, not mm -hmm. what you've designed for mm -hmm. them, but the direction that they should go. And that means we got to get to know them mm -hmm. and we got to get to understand them and, you know, and help them. Yeah. And I would even say even further, you know, just as you were saying, we have to send them the way they should go. That means that there's objective truth outside of you. Amen. Right. And you can search and search and search for that. It's in the Bible. It's right there. It's very unpopular in our culture to say that. Um, but that's where it's at. You've got to study that and find it. It exists outside of you. Yeah. Well, that's not unpopular to say on this show. So <laughs> amen and praise God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, this is awesome, guys. I appreciate it. Um, you know, how can the audience who's interested follow you guys or, you know, reach you? I, I can't add anything to what Dr. Hopewell just said, but I'm a professor, so I will. Um, oh, yeah. nice. Okay, well, good. If you, if you are a young person or you have young people that you care about that are in their teenage years and they seem to think, and you as a parent seems to think that college may be for them, you need to investigate that very carefully. Yes. If you're a Christian student or a Christian parent or grandparent, then you need to look at the Masters University. We are one of the fastest growing schools in the country over the last couple of years. Amen. Massive enrollment increases. Uh, we have donors who are abandoning other professing Christian schools because they've gone woke and are beginning to support us. Uh, we have a beautiful campus on the north side of Los Angeles. We have a fabulous faculty, a beautiful facility. And the center of our curriculum is the Bible, but we're not a Bible college. We are a liberal arts college with professional programs and STEM programs, engineering, pre-med. Uh, we teach yeah. class. We do everything. Amazing business program, too. Amazing accounting. I but mean, you guys are all, doing well. All of the faculty and staff, from the board to the people that clean up, are believers 
and we are all there to love our students, to guide them. This is why it's called the Master's College with an apostrophe. It's possessive. It's Jesus's school. And if you want your kids to be uh, indoctrinated into the atheistic, materialistic, culturalist left, there are about 4,000 colleges in America that'll do that. Unfortunately, a lot of them call themselves Christians. Yeah. We're serious about it. Look at our website, visit our campus, you'll see. Yeah, because there's only probably about five schools on the planet right now that I'd uh, encourage my kids to go to. And uh, and that, you know, it's unbelievable that it, that list is that small because, again, you know, mo- most of the Christian colleges out there have completely abandoned real Christianity. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, yeah. Uh, how do they follow you guys or anything you want to yeah, you mean, know put out there? I mean, masters.edu is our website. Yeah. Um, and that's probably the best way to find out more mm-hmm. about the school. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think either one of us are very active on social media. Uh, Which is good. But, <laughs> but, but, but you can watch our chapels on mm-hmm. YouTube Excellent. or on our website. You can see what our faculty are publishing, writing, what we say, the shows we go on, things like that. You'll find out we are exactly what we say. Yeah, and if you Google Center for Thinking Biblically, there's a ministry that we have. It's all free and available, and it features people like Dr. Grant Horner and many of our other faculty. Uh, it's all free, and it gives. It's it's the non 16 week version of many of our classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and um, they're they're short episodes. They're easily consumable. Mm-hmm. They've broken them up into manageable sets. Uh, and so that's a great, a great thing. If you want to Google the center for thinking biblically. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, you know, masters is the top on my list of universities I support and uh, I do support you guys financially and, um, you know, think very highly of all that you do. So thanks for coming on the show. This is awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, Hey, to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. And we're out.